Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to Rock Church's message. We are so excited that you are here today. We hope that you leave today encouraged and know that you are loved by God. The saddest thing, perhaps, is to not feel loved. To feel like that's the, that's the missing element in your life. Many people would say, I just, I don't feel loved. Many kids will grow up in an environment seeking love and find something like it in the wrong places. God is love. The Bible says in 1 John 4.20, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has seen. There is only one quality that the Bible speaks about that separates you above all other qualities as a believer. Love sets us apart. Now I want you for a moment to think about someone that you know loves you. Really loves you. But do anything. I read an ancient story about a woman who was working in the fields in biblical times and who had her child with her. Other men were working, but she had no choice but to work because she had no husband. And so as she was working, an eagle flew down and grabbed her little child to take to its perch where it would serve it as a meal for its baby eaglets. Immediately, men ran like crazy, yelling and screaming to try to get the bird to drop the child. The eagle got to its nest, perched high in a, a rocky precipice. The men tried to climb it, and every one of them failed. And the mother pushed everyone aside and climbed to the top as the eagle was after her and fighting her and grabbed her child and brought it back to safety. There is nothing like a mother's love. Nothing. There is nothing like a father's love. Nothing. In our day and age, when it's difficult to understand what love is and the commitment that it involves, there are so many marriages that are falling apart, so many homes that are broken by whatever, by greed, materialism, sexual involvement with someone else. There is such a craving inside of every child to feel surrounded to feel a mother and a father lock arms and love them with a kind of love that I speak of this morning. It's different. It's different. Nick and Lexi are expecting our first grandchild. Lexi went to the doctor this week and she turned her head a different position. We went over to their home yesterday and saw the nursery they fixed up and and Nick looked at me and said, it's really hard to believe this miracle, how this miracle works. And God puts a child inside of you. It's a beautiful thing. 
isn't it? It's a beautiful thing to give birth to a child. They can tell when they're loved. They can tell when they're wanted. Sometimes children are born out of wedlock. Grant, my friend right here, that's, we have two awesome new guitar players in the last few months. They're both changing and growing in Christ. But Grant has a little boy. His name is Jackson. How old is he? Almost four. Looks exactly like his dad. And he's loved. And he deserves to be loved. No matter how a child is born, they want to and deserve to be loved. It's a very sad day today in this respect. Last week, or last night, excuse me, I noticed on Facebook that Ireland was celebrating yesterday what they considered a great change in their nation, where they as a people group voted to make it legal to abort your children. And they were bragging and celebrating how awesome this day is for women's rights as many, many people were immediately commenting on what about the child's rights? Is it okay then for a child to kill his mother? What about the child's rights? Do you stand for the child's rights? Doesn't a child have a right to an actual mother and father? Doesn't the Bible say this, that pure religion is to take care of the widows? Hmm? Doesn't it? And the children and the single parents and the people who have flubbed up and, and feel like there's, there's no way forward for me. I can make you a promise today. If you want to be loved, you should give love and you'll get it back. See, sometimes I think we think there are too many things in life for me to be able to love. I'm just so overwhelmed by all the negativism and all the struggles we've gone through financially and physically and everything else. But love changes everything. Paul's trying to tell us, tell us that there are two qualities that show up when trying to identify a friend or an enemy. And some people think he was talking about a general love toward your friends in life, and others think he was talking about love when he's talking about love never failing. But have you ever noticed how Jesus didn't pull any punches? He just said what he says. So I wanted to, I, I challenged Ed to put some little clips from the sermons on Sunday online, just like a one-minute clip of, of maybe the big idea in the message or something. And so this week he put a little clip of me, and I'm up here yelling and screaming. I said, take that down. That doesn't sound very loving. And he had one of Aaron pacing back and forth and just yelling out there. He said, take that down. I don't want to be unloving to anyone. I don't want to be unkind. And you, you know the cop-out too many people use this. Oh, well, this is just going to be, this is going to be strong love, hard love, tough love, they call it. I think James Dobson maybe made that phrase popular. This is just tough love. We're not talking to our kids. 
We're going to let them know who's the boss. Well, that works, doesn't it? I don't think so. I think actual love works. When you say, I would rather suffer the consequences than you having to. I'm going to fight for my baby. An eagle steals my child. I'll climb the highest mountain, the most dangerous precipice out there. But I'm fighting for my ones that I love. Aren't you? My wife went to Georgia to see her stepmom, who's been her stepmom for 23 years. And she's not doing exceptionally well. And while she was there, her stepmom, her stepmom's actual daughter told my wife, you should just back away and leave her alone now. Just let her alone in the nursing home. She doesn't know Becky. If you're in our family, if you're one of our friends, you're a friend and a family member forever. We will not leave you. You will have to leave us. And if you choose to leave us, we will still love you. That's what love does, isn't it? Some of you have wayward kids. Some of you have kids who made mistakes. Some of us have children because they're genetically attached to us who had the same issues that we have. But you still love them. You love them. See, Jesus was very pointed in how he approached things. To the rich young ruler, he said, one thing you lack, go sell all your possessions and give it to the poor because your treasure is in heaven. Come, follow me. Jesus said this with boldness because he knew this. There is no amount of money, there is nothing in this world that is worth your treasured wife and children, nothing, zero, zero, fight for your marriage. I actually missed my wife. She was gone five days. I missed her. I don't even want to be in that house without her. Listen, I'm talking to married people in the room today. You need to remember back to the vows that you took that day at your wedding and how precious they were, how powerful they were, how much love you had inside. We have two new lovebirds today. They're back from their honeymoon. I said, do you feel any different after a week of marriage? And they went, ah, 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 yes, ah. Remember those times, right? Remember. Remember after 40 years of marriage. And by the way, don't ever keep record of all the things that your spouse did that you didn't like or that irritated you. So what? You got each other. Aren't you grateful today if you're married for your spouse? Yes? Isn't it awesome to look into their eyes? And this is what I always challenge couples to do. Look into the eyes of your spouse because there you will see love. Look into your eye, the eyes of your children because it's there you will see love. Right? Isn't it? Their babies grow up way too fast. Mm-hmm. 
value every single moment you have with them. To the man who said he would follow Jesus right after he was buried, Jesus came back and said, allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Don't listen. You know what he's saying there? He's actually saying, don't get so caught up in your loss that you forget what you still have. Life. If you feel good this morning, if you feel good, if you feel healthy and good this morning, amen? Amen. You should be praising God. Oh, I feel good today. Ten minutes ago, I was standing at the keyboard, and I'm not exaggerating this. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. My chest just got so tight. It was so painful, and I just said, Lord, I'm giving this to you right now because I don't think Nick wants to preach today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad he, he cares about me. He cares about me. He does care about me. I'm going to talk to the parent right here for a second that has a child that somehow went a different direction. You don't ever give up. Mm -mm. I'll ride that storm with you. I will. You don't give up. You don't come to the point where you say, man, I'm ready to throw in the towel. This has gotten rough. I never expected this. I didn't think our child was going to do this. I didn't think she was going to tell me she's a lesbian. I didn't think we were going to have a child born out of wedlock. Hey, if you, if, if you had a child born out of wedlock, God still loves them. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's a place for them in the family of God. They're still loved. Yes. Treasure what you have. Can you feel God? Mm-hmm. See, when you're a Christian, you can tell the Holy Spirit is saying to you, he's telling me things that I agree with and I know are very, very precious. Yes. Jesus might have been blunt, but Jesus had the best interest in mind. To his disciples, he said, if anyone wishes to come after me, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake is the one who will save it. We should be grateful that we get to be challenged, challenged to live for God and challenged to love even when we don't feel like loving. I think... I hear the words, I said this to my wife last night in the kitchen, I hear the words all the time, I'm going to have unconditional love for you. When I think of people who talk like that, I think to myself, why do you have to share it? They ought to already know it. Your children should already know you would do anything for them. Your wife should already know. Your husband should already know because you remind them all the time that they're amazing to you. The Bible says to love one another, and if it doesn't start in your own house, how is it possible that it could reach the waitress or the person next to you at work or whatever? I'm promising you this. You can never love too much, right? You can never love too much, even when you love the ones that are like your enemies. Unconditional love. Conditional love is an oxymoron. Conditions and love don't go together. Like civil war is an oxymoron. Civil and war don't go together. When you're acting civil, you're not going to be at war. That's correct. Civil war is ridiculous. Conditional love? 
I don't think you should even have to say to your children or to your, your spouse, I have unconditional love for you. You know what that means? I don't. I have unconditional love for you, except the way you tap that razor on the sink and leave those scratches. Except for the fact that you never clean up your messes. Except for the fact that you spend too much. Except for the fact, honey, that you're just overweight. But I still love you unconditionally. Why did you have to tell her that if it was unconditional? Huh? See, I think that as believers, as Christians, our love is different. Our love is different. People are going to know. They're going to mark us by our love for one another. If you went to Oklahoma, you're going to find out this, that they know when people move to Oklahoma that they're not from Oklahoma because Oklahoma has red clay soil. Anybody that wears white tennis shoes in Oklahoma has orange tennis shoes. They could just look down at their feet and say, not from around here, are you? Uh-huh. And the new people are like, well, how did you know? You'd know anyway because they all speak with an accent, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. See, what other people outside of the body of Christ need to recognize is she's a believer. I can tell. She's a believer. I can tell by the way she acts. She's a believer. She doesn't criticize everyone else at work. He's a believer. He doesn't cuss like everyone else. I was sharing earlier with the praise band because they've already sat through one of my messages. I have a half-hour message to the praise band before we practice in the morning at 8.30. They come every week, and that's why we're good. Obviously good because God's in it. But it takes practice and dedication. But this morning I was saying this. You know... We have generational, genetic codes wired into our brain that make us like our parents. Mm -hmm. I watch all the time. If the, if the father doesn't want to be the spiritual head, the mother is forced to be the spiritual head. If the father is not the spiritual head, and I watch this with men's Bible study, I will get a guy for a while and then he won't come because his father doesn't come. I'll see a change in him for a while, but then I'll think, well, his father sits on the couch all the time and is lazy and it's passed to him. There are genetic things that are passed through us and then there are generational sins that are passed down also. Yes, there are. You are your father and your mother's child. How do you get out of that? Love changes you. Yes, it does. We have a daughter who doesn't want to go to church. We never stop praying, do we, honey? Never stop praying, ever. Some of you have kids that don't want to be involved in spiritual things. I never stop praying. If you ask me, I will pray until there's a breakthrough. You cannot tell me that it wasn't God's sovereign plan that I was at the baseball game and looked over at that moment and saw that young man with that name on the back and his, his grandfather, who I have not spoken to uh, via any form for years. Aaron Cry bought his house from him, his last house. And he texts me on that evening. I'm going to say this to someone in the room today. 
You are in the room because of God's love. You are in the room because of God's grace. Yes, you are. God's recklessly after you. He's climbing the top to the top of this precipice to get you before you're eaten alive. Godly love. Godly love is what God wants out of all of us. When we moved to Florida, I remember trying to get used to eating southern food like chitlins and grits. I told the people down there, we use that to hang our wallpaper. I've shared this before. And one of the ladies there actually said to me, y'all northerners need to move back up north. I go, y'all aren't very nice. You can tell when someone's foreign to a situation, can't you? You can tell, and sometimes you might misjudge, and some people would say, well, you're not supposed to be judging, but the Bible says that we are fruit inspectors. You will know them by their love. If, if the entire world depended on your love, just yours, as to whether they'd go to heaven or not, would they make it? Somebody in here knows that God is saying to you, you need to stop the critical negative spirit. Start loving. Or people are going to say, you're not from these parts. You're not from around here, I can tell. We discovered in our study of, of love over the past numerous weeks that God's love steps in when everything else is stepping out. God's love seeks solutions when everything else says the solution is hopeless. We have discovered that God's love remains steady when everything else has shaken loose. We've discovered that God's love is perfect and eternal while everything serves a purpose and then fades away. God's love is permanent. I love what it says when you get to verse 8. Love never fails. Never. I have never seen love fail. He goes on, where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So you have through the years of time, people wanting to prophesy so that they could show people what a great spiritual person they were. They want to do tongues as the charismatic movement has taught us that the, the, second, the second greatest gift that you can get outside of salvation is through the Holy Spirit coming upon your head with, with flaming fire and you speak in tongues. The Bible says that all of those things will cease. They don't do anything. You can speak in tongues till you're blue in the face. I hear preachers on television, they get all excited. Everybody's going, holy smoke. Something is happening in the house. Sometimes they get stuck. Now I'm positive someone in here is going to say you're making mockery of tongues. No, I'm trying to make a point. I grew up not a Christian 
in a home that was ready for a divorce any moment, my cousins were Pentecostal. One of them sang in the Lanny Wolf Trio for years and just died about a month ago. I used to go to the Pentecostal church with them. My aunt, Pearl, who's an amazing, oh, she was an amazing cook. We begged to go over to their house. She would be standing at the kitchen sink, swearing at her kids a half hour before the service started. I distinctly know exactly where I was seated in the room that seated about 600 people. I was sitting on the aisle with my cousins. My aunt was clear back there. And all of a sudden, I heard her get up and start speaking in tongues. And I'm like, that's Pearl. Oh, my goodness. I hope she remembers the tongue she was speaking in at the kitchen sink a little bit ago. I can't even believe it. Something must have happened. I believe that if you studied the whole issue of tongues, you would find out that they were known languages. There were specific requirements put on them. We could go into that at another point in time. I'm not making mockery. I just think they serve no purpose. Unless I'm in Vietnam and I need people to understand me, I think that I've, I've spoken in English in Vietnam and people have understood what I've said and accepted Christ. I believe that's what should be taking place. And if not, you should have an interpreter right there to explain what you're trying to say to bring someone to Christ. So don't get all bent out of shape because I, I spoke in tongues for a moment. You should be happy. You can say, you're, my pastor spoke in tongues. It'll be okay. <laughs> so where there's prophecies, they'll cease. Where there's tongues, they will cease. They'll be stilled where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. You could be the smartest person in the world. I've shared this illustration before, but I think it serves sharing again. Five guys were on a plane, a kid, a preacher, a doctor, a pilot, and a lawyer. Pilot came on the intercom and he said, Mayday, mayday, we're going down and there are only four parachutes on the plane. You decide who is staying and he jumped out. The doctor said, I've saved so many lives in my lifetime, I think I should get one. And he jumped with a parachute. The lawyer said, I'm the smartest man in the world and have won hundreds of cases, so I should get one. And he jumped out. The, kid, the preacher went up to the kid and said, I've lived a long life, a happy life, and I know I'm going to heaven, so you take the last parachute and jump. The kid looked over at him and said, no, you take this one. I'll take the other one. The smartest man in the world just jumped out with my backpack. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? Funny how life works, isn't it? See, you can talk till you're blue in the face about love. But you know how you, know how you can determine whether you're really loving or not? It's because it works. The one quality that Paul said would exist so people could identify with you as being a Christ follower was love. People, I beg you, I plead with you as Rock Church that you would be loving. My fear is always that you will be hateful. That you will decide that hatefulness works first. And you'll disguise it as we're just doing the tough love thing. You know what I think love does? 
Love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. The lady whose child was taken by the eagle and brought to its nest did not talk about how rough the sticks were going to be in the nest and how her child has been smoking cigarettes behind a barn and how she's so disappointed because her child doesn't go to church with her every Sunday. I guarantee you that child knew that mama was coming. Mama's coming. I'm okay. Everybody wants that. God's love is the greatest example. He never gives up on us. There is not a single sin that you can commit that God will curse you out and throw you in hell for other than not believing in him. You believe in his love today? His love is all-encompassing. It's amazing. It surrounds us. It never fails. It's there every day of your life. It's there eternally for all of life. I love this. I close with this illustration. A man went out to the river for a quiet time of meditation to be with God. And during his meditation, he noticed that the water of the river was rising rapidly. At the very same time, he saw a scorpion trapped in a tree's roots that couldn't move. He tried to release the scorpion over and over again until another man came along and saw him doing it. And he says, do you know that it's the nature of a scorpion to pull its tail back and strike you with poison? The man said, do you know that it's my nature to save? It might be the nature of the scorpion to sting, but it's my nature to save. So he said, do I need to change my nature because the scorpion still stings? Listen to me. Got to change. You might get stung over and over in your marriage. You might get stung over and again with your children. You might get stung over and over again by a friend. But love never fails. Never, never, ever, ever, ever. Can you feel the Holy Spirit? God is saying to somebody, don't give up. No, 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 no. Don't give up. If you want to be loved, I'll make you loved. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Because love never fails, ever. I picked all the songs today purposely. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Because God's love is so amazing, it's actually powerful to switch things around for you. Yes, you need to keep believing in that kind of love. Close your eyes a moment. I haven't done this for a while, but I think it's important. So just stay seated for a moment. If you're in the room, and you can tell that God is also in the room. He's actually speaking to you. He's saying, 
I want you. I want you to be enveloped with my love. I'm after you. I'm recklessly abandoned to rescuing you. Please accept me and what I've done. You are in the room this morning and, and you cannot say with absolute assurance that when you die, you are going to spend eternity with God in a real place called heaven and with those that you love who are also believers, Christians. And you say, I'm not certain of that, Pastor, and I would like to be certain. Would you pray for me today? Would you pray for me? You just slip up your hand. Anyone in the room, it's a small crowd today, but you're in the room, anyone in the room that says, I don't know for sure, Pastor, but I would like to know, I'd like to be certain of that. Anyone? What about Christians? You're not feeling the love, and you're not giving the love. But God has spoken to you and said, don't give up. Keep on loving. Don't give up. And you would claim something right now in this place that God has spoken to you about not giving up on. Right this second, I want you to raise your hand. I won't give up. I'm going to love this through. I'm going to love through this. I'm going to love through this. Okay, a multitude of people. Now, can you look up here for a moment? Can you, um, can you try to get through this day? Whew, that's going to be a tough one. Without being unloving, unkind, or critical. Can you try that? Right now, you're gonna, I'll take uh, three people that are going to say something good, but you have to stand up. Spontaneously. You're so blessed you can't even stand it. Your feet just push you up. Okay, start with Ryan. There you go, buddy. So... God is working, even you getting up saying that. I want to just say this. I already knew because I prayed for it this week. Who God is moving. Gail. And we're blessed to have him. We're very blessed to have you with us. Becky. What you doing feeling her belly during the service? <laughs> Is that going on out there, somebody else? <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well. You want to ever get friend for life? Yeah, she won't abandon you. Nope. Hey, if she can stick with me, she can stick with anybody. <laughs> but you already know that, don't you? By the way, there's no men's Bible study this week because of the holiday. You miss it? <laughs> Ryan, you weren't even there last week. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, excuse me, that wasn't loving. <laughs> or was it? Tough love, yeah. You know that is our cop-out all the time? It's like, that was you. You're driving down the road, some old grandma's in front of you and like, what in the, what in the, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And you find out she's from the church. <laughs> oh, 
Hi, the reason I was honking is, it's an awesome day today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you hear me back here? <laughs> Don't you feel blessed? Like crazy blessed? It's, it's awesome to be alive. Anyone, any, I'll give one more person a chance. It's got to be really good. Anybody else really blessed? Right over there, Pam. Amen. Yeah. Yes. You know, you actually, I got to quit because my staff's going to say, you had it, you were almost quit at a quarter after, and then you went on your rambling thing forever and ever. I, I remember when I had surgery, I, I, a dirt bike accident, and I didn't know it for a year that it had ruptured my spleen, and it, this big thing grew inside. I know you think it's still there, but it's not, actually. <laughs> Yeah, and so I went to the hospital. It was in intensive care. I woke up. It's always cold in there. And I looked up, and my youth pastor was there. And the first thing he said was, what do you think God was trying to tell you? <laughs> That's not love. <laughs> you know that? God says, I don't see any sin. I just want to be with you. Amen? Have a wonderful holiday with your family. Be blessed out of your mind. We'll see. I think there's no Awana tonight, is there? No Awana, no youth group, and no college ministry, so you can be with your family. Have a great day. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to the word that God has for you. We pray that you go out into the world now and you live differently, you act differently, and you love differently.